0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to session two of Happy at Home. My name is Anna Greenwald, and today we're going to be talking about home office hacks. I'd love to start just by taking a second to a greet you all. It's so great to see so many people. Uh, It looks like we have a lot of people from Delaware this week. As I know, we had someone from Ohio last week, so hopefully you are. Oh, wow! London, amazing. California. This is awesome. All right, let's just take a second to back up and talk about why we're here today. Spoiler alert, it's you. This entire series is created as a support tool for anyone who needs it. Why we're doing this is because what we are all going through right now is an unprecedented time of difficulty, uncertainty, a lot of change, a lot of pain for a lot of all of us, and in general, a lot of dis-ease. So, this experience is affecting each of us differently and deeply. And each session that we have put together here, these 30 minute brain breaks for you, uh, are intended to support a different element of our well being. Not in an attempt to make the situation go away, because that's in reality not in our control, but to help us understand how we can best support ourselves amidst the challenges that we're facing even if um, or when I should say they feel a little bit insurmountable. So really quick recap of last week, we began our six-week session in the brain. So I was joined by the wonderful Andrew and Caitlin, and we spoke about the practice of compassion and how this is a tool for experiencing the many emotions that we're all feeling right now. Caitlin specifically explained that compassion is, yes, definitely the act of acknowledging suffering. And to clarify, that might be the minor, like Eugenie, who you'll meet in just a little bit. And I were talking earlier today about how you're doing a Zoom meeting, and then, you know, you'll see a kid run across, screaming across the background of the Zoom meeting, right? Um, But suffering can also be the major, and it is the major right now. Um, considering our community's well-being, uh, considering, you know, our economy and our culture uh, as it's unfolding with this uh, pandemic. So no matter the size or, you know, whether that suffering is internal or in the people around us, the practice of compassion is the acknowledgement of that experience. But it has two other important second steps. The first is action, acting to support that person who's suffering, whether that's yourself, right, or someone around you. And in doing that and taking an action, step three is creating that understanding that these acts of compassion actually connect us. Uh, they don't divide us. And I think we can all, we've all been experiencing that in different ways throughout this. Maybe we feel a little bit more connected to the people around us, um, given that we're all experiencing this same and nuanced experience of, of change and, and suffering on some, in some ways. So I bring all this back up because the next several weeks of this series in particular are all about understanding some simple actions that we can take to help ourselves deal with whatever moments of stress, anxiety, or suffering we might encounter. So this week, we're going to start in the home. This week, Home Office Hacks is all about little actions we can take in our personal work and living environment to support our health and our happiness. This is really about behaviors and approaches to our environment. It's unfortunately not going to be a, you know, 20 minute long DIY demo of how to make the perfect desk succulent, although that would be really great and potentially not off the table for the future. Um, today we're going to be talking about how our environment around us impacts our mental and physical health and a few practical tools for how to improve it. So As always, as I'm talking, as we're talking with coaches, if you guys have ideas, like for example, right now, if you want to share anything that you guys have been experiencing is a challenge about working in your home environment or something that's really been working for you in working in your home environment, would love to see those in the chat boxes. I will tell you that there is a lot of really interesting research out there on how the human brain reacts to our environment. Uh, And what we're really reacting to are the stimuli of our environment, anything that's coming in through our senses. So what we see, what we taste, right, what we smell, what we feel, what we hear. One uh, study that is pretty interesting is that uh, it was conducted at Indiana University, and it found that people with cleaner houses are actually healthier than people with messy houses. Another published by the scientific journal Personality and Psychology Bulletin showed that people with a lot of clutter in their space actually rated themselves as more depressed than their counterparts. So these are just two of many studies. Uh, and they're pointing to some really interesting thoughts that your environment directly impacts your physical and emotional well being. Well, why is this? Like, is it magic? If you clean the floor, is that sending amazing hormones to your brain? Well, not exactly. There's definitely a lot of contributing factors here, but two that stand out. One is that studies suggest that when we are in the habit of prioritizing our environmental well-being, we're also more likely to prioritize our physical and emotional well-being. The second, and what I find to be the most compelling, is that our brain actually perceives these things in our environment, like clutter, or the sound of your kids screaming, or Uh, you know, unfinished work, an open laptop around your home as potential stress stimuli. And if it senses that something is stressful to you, that triggers the release of a hormone called cortisol in our brains. Cortisol is the stress hormone, and it has all sorts of side effects besides making us not feel so great, like weight gain, sleep trouble, digestive problems, just to name a few. But also it triggers behavior, like Uh, for example, the desire to eat the entire family-sized bag of chips that lurks in the top cabinet. To sum up kind of what I just said, our physical environment can be an important representation of how we may be caring for ourselves physically and mentally, but also the things in our environment can actually trigger different hormones and chemicals released in our brain and body, including our stress hormones. So, What we're going to do now is invite, one by one, our coaches in to discuss their home office hacks from a unique perspective. Based on their area of expertise, they'll start with their brain hack. So they'll explain, how does your environment affect your brain and behavior? And then they're going to give us practical hacks from whatever their expertise perspective is, tools for enhancing our everyday workspace. Then just really quick to check back on this chat box, a lot of people are talking about natural light. Um, Andrea is saying, I go on a walk every morning. I sit in my kitchen with tons of natural light and the Yorkie by your side. Yes, we will also talk about dogs a little bit today. So uh, our first amazing coach that we'd like to welcome in today is our lead nutrition coach here at On the Goga. She is a registered dietitian who specializes in functional health Olivia Neely. Olivia, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, doing wonderful. So good to be here with you guys.
0: I'm so glad to have you here. So Olivia, what's your brain hack for all of our listeners out there today?
1: Yes. So my brain hack is to understand your triggers and not underestimate them. Mm. Okay, so environmental triggers is what we're really talking about, where you're setting yourself up in your environment and how that impacts your thinking, how that impacts your emotions around food. And I've already seen a couple of people write about food in the chat box, which is so, you know, everyone, It's is affecting everyone. So I'm so happy that we can talk about how to really understand your triggers, how that affects your food choices.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of like food triggers, shout out to Andrew, who's uh, not with us for this podcast today, but he put this amazing photo of this puppy and this pizza up. And it is definitely triggering thoughts of wanting pizza and to snuggle with a dog right now.
1: It absolutely does. And as a perfect example of, of how our environment can trigger certain thoughts and emotions and hormones, you mentioned a big play, a big hormone, cortisol, when you were talking earlier, and that is going to play a big perspective of what we're talking about. So the the first thing I want you guys to think about is how is your environment set up inside your home, you're working from home, are you looking at your kitchen, are you kind of facing your kitchen uh, and and how can you actually change that simply by turning your chair around, moving your desk or even a shutting, shutting a door that may kind of, um, you know, put you outside of the kitchen can actually change the way that you're thinking about food and having maybe that constant struggle with snacking throughout the day.
0: That's so interesting. I feel like Wendy was reading your mind because Wendy wrote in the chat, I set my office space up in a room that is far away from my kitchen. Oh my
1: gosh, Wendy, you're on it.
0: (laughs) So you're basically saying that just being in your kitchen can trigger thoughts and behaviors. So it can be directly about snacking, but you might not even really be thinking about it, right? These can be conscious or subconscious thoughts.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. Just what our brain is perceiving in our environment can trigger certain hormones to be produced that increase our hunger hormones, or even mm. stress hormones, which then impact the way that we are going to make choices after the fact. So um, this is a really important thing to just be aware of. And uh, another big thing that plays into this, just like you're talking about with this adorable dog in this pizza, <laughs> is, you know, just when we have food sitting out on our counters, the brain is going to really seek out I mean our brain is a very it's going to want what it sees and so even just putting food inside of your cupboards and having them kind of out of your sight is another really important and small thing you can do to understand and change those environmental triggers
0: yeah so yeah like you said that could be as small as shutting your cabinet right or putting Mm -hmm. the food away (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And this
1: helps with that constant urge to snack. I feel you. I'm, I'm the same boat. It's like, you know, if I leave anything out on my counter, it's just my mind's always kind of thinking about that.
0: And Amanda said in the chat, actually kind of the flip side of that, which is she keeps a large bottle of water next to her filled, which then mm-hmm. probably subconsciously triggers her to take that water versus if you don't have it there, you're just not going to be thinking about it.
1: Totally. And that's the perfect example of how you can hack that, right? You can put things in front of you that you are going to see and then ultimately want. So water is a perfect example. Instead of having something like pizza sitting out on your counter, you can have water or even, I do this with my vitamins in a day. I kind of have Ah. those on my counter. And because I'm not good at taking them, but I have them sitting out then I'm like, okay, well, I got to take my supplements today. So, so this can can really
0: work both both ways. Yeah. Positively Mm -hmm. and negatively. All right. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So does anyone out there in the audience have any specific questions for Olivia? Um, and while we wait for those, Olivia, do you have any other quick tips for, for everyone out there?
1: Yeah, I think with this, like with food, you know, it's such a, kind of topic right you know, a lot of people are divisive about ideas and in my world with nutrition and um, about eating the perfect things or or you know just kind of um, not giving ourselves that grace but I think it's super important right now to just understand that food is healing and, and enjoy the food that you surround yourself with but make sure that you're setting your environment up so that you have a positive association with those foods and not a negative one because that's that negative association will kind of play into that cortisol hormone release and that stress hormone release and and um, just kind of be working against us. So just give yourself a little grace and give yourself success.
0: Awesome. I love that. We had a, an interesting question actually from Sharon. She says, thoughts on experimental bread baking? I'm seeing so many people branching out there and taking risks. So what do you think about like using this time to try new recipes specifically to Sharon's question about bread?
1: I am so loving the idea. I've actually seen a couple of people do this as well, and I think it's fantastic. Bread is bread baking is kind of becoming a lost art, um, and you know it's something that we always just buy out. But it's really fantastic. It gives a lot of people some great passion in the kitchen, and it's a great time to get in there and learn a new skill. And there's nothing better than. Homemade bread, the taste of homemade bread, the smell of homemade bread. So, I could yeah. not
0: agree more with that. We
1: love bread here
0: on the go go. <laughs> we do We actually have a <laughs> workshop called I Love Bread. <laughs> yeah. oh. All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Olivia. So, everybody who's asked questions, Olivia's going to be back next week. We're going to talk all about food. So, Olivia, we will see you next week.
1: Wonderful. See you guys then. All
0: right. <laughs> uh, our next amazing expert, you guys met her last week. Uh, she is our lead yoga and mindfulness coach here at On The Goga. I like to call her the yoga teacher of yoga teachers, Caitlin Williams. So Caitlin, welcome.
2: Hi, Anna, thanks for having me back. I'm so glad to have you back. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So we get a little bit of a different perspective from you today, Caitlin, right? You're gonna be taking a little bit more of an ergonomic approach today? That's right, yep. All right, so what is your brain hack for everyone out there?
2: Um, My brain hack is to create a greater range of emotion We've all heard obviously that movement is good for us and really good for the brain. The Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley actually posted a great article at the beginning of this year sharing that movement helps us connect with others. It makes us more sensitive to joy. It makes us feel brave. Um, And so we all know that this movement is good. But even as I've adjusted from working from home more, I've noticed my range of motion has lessened. And not Mm -hmm. only my range of motion, but my variability of motion has lessened because of my environment. Yeah. Um, To give an example, I don't know if any of you, I saw someone was from West Philly in the chat box. And I, I used to step on the trolley. And that first step on the trolley, I'm realizing, is actually pretty substantial. And I just don't step like that when I'm in my own home. Um, and so along with my regular routine of yoga, I'm looking for how can I create a greater range of motion in my daily habits?
0: That's a really interesting thought, right? Because it's not just the distance, but it's the physical range of our movements that we might not be taking if our work is from our desk and then our leisure times also sitting, um, you know, confined to the home. So- what, what practically can we all do to improve that range of motion?
2: Yeah, so I have two different um, things I wanna leave you all with. One is just look for opportunities to move. And so I really think that the Apple watch has done a pretty good job of creating alerts for motion. I don't personally have an Apple watch, but I have just heard from a lot of people. They have little like buzzers that go off. Um, I actually just create a timer on my phone. I'm more old school and I I really think it's a great idea. Instead of trying to set up a time to like try to do pushups or like do a whole workout routine, simply set that reminder every 30 minutes to stand up and reach your arms overhead. So what this will do is actually you're extending your front hip muscles that are usually shortening when you're sitting. And then when you reach your arms overhead, you're actually lengthening the spine and and decompressing the spine. That's usually pretty compressed when we just stand and sit all day. So you're saying
0: instead of like getting up and being like, all right, I have to take 10,000 steps throughout the day, just literally standing up extending our hips, reaching our arms overhead, extending our spine. I don't know if you guys can hear, but I'm literally doing this right now. Um, (laughs) Just doing that is, is helpful, not just for our physical body, but for our our emotions and our brain and, and our productivity.
2: Yes, definitely. And and it's those small like steps that, um, even I know we get so caught up in emails and, and meetings, but like, if you're, especially if you're not being seen, like really be committed to it and stand Mm -hmm. up every once in a while.
0: Oh, I love that. Also just really quick, I don't know if anybody saw this, but Chelsea just uh, from University of Delaware just posted this awesome thing in the chat. It's a, a cheat sheet for one minute exercises. So that's amazing, Chelsea. Nice. If anybody wants to go check that out, we will also send that in the follow-up email, but that's amazing.
2: That's
0: awesome. Um, so what can people, like, what can people do if they, if they can't get up and move?
2: Yeah, so I know a lot of us have to be stationary. And so I would encourage you all to take a ball or an object. So even a can of beans will work for this and to actually um, roll something on your body. So this rolling actually creates a neurosensory input to our bodies and just give you an example of this the brain just can't pay attention all the time Mm. and when you sit on a chair the brain will be like we sat on a chair and it was either hard or squishy but (laughs) then the brain will literally just stop it won't be thinking about you sitting on the chair anymore and where this like of course doesn't happen in our favor is that let's say we're misaligned in how we're sitting or we have a little ache or pain and we kind of just disregard it because the brain is focusing more on our email then we're not creating that sensory input for the body to think about, the brain to think about the body. And when you take something to roll, so for instance, you could roll on your form while you're not typing and you're, and you're listening to something to make sure that your form is getting attention. You could put cans underneath your feet or a ball underneath your feet. You could yeah. also do this on your back, rolling forward and back. Um, it, all these are just really simple ways to create more attention in the nervous system to be thinking about the body while you're stationary.
0: So literally just touching our body with something like a can to roll it out or even just self-massage sends a signal to our brain of like, oh yeah, hey, I'm still here. I still need attention.
2: Yes. And it could be your own body using against you too, like you know, putting knuckles up and down your thighs. Um, all of these things are just simple ways to help keep the brain aware of the body. Awesome. All right. Well, this is amazing.
0: So thank you so much, Caitlin. It's been awesome to have you back. Thanks for having me. All right, so our final, last but not least, amazing wellness expert for the day is our financial well being coach here at On the Goga. This wonderful woman is a certified financial educator, an MBA grad, and the recent author of a wonderful book called Our Money Stories. You hello, Janae. hello. Hi, Jeannette. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. What's your brain hack today? Are we talking about finances today?
3: Well, sort of, Anna. You know, the more I think about brain hacks, the more I think about goals. And right now, it can be a little tricky. Uh, Last week, I actually had to nerd out on some research myself because Mm. I was actually getting triggered by my limited movement. I also was getting triggered by that pizza because we've been having a (laughs) lot of pizza. And my home has become a home office, a homeschooling a yoga center. And so with the kids and my partner and homeschooling, I really had to rethink my schedule. So I turned to the almighty Google for answers. Mm. Yes. Yeah.
0: Google knows all.
3: Yeah. (laughs) And the crazy thing about it is, I mean, this can also be applied to your finances as well, but I actually found research from the British Journal of Health and they actually found out you are two to three more times likely to stick to a habit if you make a specific plan for where and when and how you will complete the habit. So I really started thinking about my goals, my hacks, and I also decided to be more gentle when it comes to my finances. I know we're all kind of going through a very interesting time in the world and most people have never experienced it. Mm. So I've been really thinking about how can I keep my sanity and how also, how can I be as simple as possible?
0: Yeah, so that's really, I just want to nail down a couple of really important points that I'm hearing is A, in thinking about you know whether it's your financial goals or your goals in general, uh, making a plan. And somehow, I guess you're going to talk to us about integrating that into our environment but also approaching this idea of habits and new goals during this time with a lot of ease, because let's just call it what it is. It's not just an interesting time. It's a hard time. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, all right. Awesome. What does that look like for us practically?
3: Well, I actually just saw that Shariah is also having the issue of overeating pizza. (laughs) I really feel where you're at. I really do. Okay. So I actually was thinking about what's the best way to think about, um, a hack and the truth is really to start small, but really it's making your goals visible. So we have so many goals. We have our financial goals, we have our health goals, we have our uh, even drinking water goals. There's so many goals that we're thinking about and it's really, really important to stick to one thing and making it visible. So what you're
0: saying is that it's it's important to like we all have all these goals, but there's something to choosing the most important goals and making them visible in our environment. Yes. So what does that look like? What can people do?
3: Yeah. So the most fundamental piece to write your goals down is make them visible. So I was thinking about Pinterest. The reason why Pinterest is killing it right now is because <laughs> everybody wants to see something visual. So the most practical tip could just be write down what's the one goal that you want to accomplish during the day. And you can also put this in the chat box. Um, that is the most important thing. What is one thing that you're going to do? Not 20 things, not all the ROIs, not trying to make sure that the kids are doing every single lesson plan correctly. What's the one goal? So personally, I think I forgot who it was, I think it was Alan that said it, but I am, focusing on drinking eight cups of water a day. So I write down by the end, by 5 p.m., I will have drinking, drunk, drinking (laughs) at least eight glasses a day. So that gives me a long period of time to drink.
0: Right. And so essentially
3: what you're saying is it's like,
0: it's not like your other goals go away and it's not like drinking water is the only thing you have to do, but putting some goal up there that you can see and check off. And Maureen was saying whiteboards are great. I completely feel you on that. I'm literally sitting next to a whiteboard right now. Um, But doing that triggers in our brains, this feeling of accomplishment, focus, and understanding also that sense of ease, right? That you were speaking about to begin with.
3: Yes. And honestly, the most important thing is place it. You can get post-it notes. You can get a piece of paper. You can actually put it as your background in your computer. Mm -hmm. Just say the one goal that you're going to accomplish in the day. And sometimes it can be financial and sometimes it can be uh, mental health.
0: Oh, I love that. And it also brings into mind this idea of the virtual environment. Uh, The virtual stimuli that we experience are just as important as the visual stimuli of our environment and what we're seeing and what we're smelling. It's like, you know, we're spending so much of our time looking at this computer screen, that environment is really important as well. Yeah. So um, Sharon actually had a great question that I'm just for time's sake, we're going to swing back on it in our, uh, our core values workshop that we're going to be doing mm. as part of this series, Eugene, but she said advice on compromising between wanting to support local business by getting takeout versus wanting to save money and meal prep. And I'm going to put a pin in that because that's a really important question. Um, we're going to be addressing that in a couple different ways. One, we have a workshop coming up called local pro tips, where we're going to bring some small business owners in to talk about their experience and and how you guys can engage with them and what that might look like. But also Eugene is going to be back for a conversation around, learning how to spend our money that we have right now in ways that supports our values and supports our emotional well-being. So Eugene, thank you so much for coming in today for this workshop and we'll see you soon.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: All right. So you guys heard from some awesome coaches today. To sum it all up, Olivia started by leading us through a conversation about understanding our triggers, how visual triggers or even subconscious triggers impact our thoughts, impact our emotions, and then impact our behavior and how we can set up we can reduce negative triggers and set up positive triggers in our environment. Caitlin then talk to us about our range of motion. So not only understanding that our range of motion is now different in terms of distance, but also in terms of variety and a few simple tools for how to recreate that, whether it's setting timers to get up and move, or whether it's just taking some time to let your body know like, hey, I exist, even though you've been sitting all day through rolling or self-massage. And then Eugene talked to us about making our goals visible. So putting them up in our physical space, but also putting them up in our virtual space. And with that, this concept of ease. Again, I'll use this quote a million times. If you should too much, you'll should all over yourself and it's a big mess. None of these things are things that you should do or you should be doing that you need to feel guilty about. The reality is that these are all opportunities for little actions of compassion. So whatever yours might be, and in fact, we'll all stick around to answer some of your questions in the chat, uh, share some of those with us. What's working for you? What questions do you have? Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Next week, Olivia is going to be back to talk about food for thought. Um, this is a little great quote we'll leave you with. It's by John kabat He says, the little things, the little moments, they aren't little.